The Fellowship of the Ring by J.R.R. Tolkien Chapter 10 Strider Part 1 Frodo, Pippin, and Sam made their way back to the parlor. There was no light. Mary was not there, and the fire had burned low. It was not until they had puffed up the embers into a blaze and thrown on a couple of faggots that they discovered Strider had come with them. There he was, calmly sitting in a chair by the door. Hello, said Pippin. Here are you, and what do you want? I am called Strider, he answered. And though you may have forgotten it, your friend promised to have a quiet talk with me. You said I might hear something to my advantage, I believe, said Frodo. What have you to say? Several things, answered Strider. But, of course, I have my price. What do you mean? asked Frodo sharply. Don't be alarmed. I mean just this. I will tell you what I know and give you some good advice, but I shall want a reward. And what will that be, pray? said Frodo. He suspected now that he had fallen in with a rascal, and he thought uncomfortably that he had brought only a little money with him. All of it would hardly satisfy a rogue, and he could not spare any of it. No more than you can afford, answered Strider with a slow smile, as if he guessed Frodo's thoughts. Just this. You must take me along with you until I wish to leave you. Oh, indeed, replied Frodo, surprised, but not much relieved. Even if I wanted another companion, I should not agree to any such thing until I knew a good deal more about you and your business. Excellent, exclaimed Strider, crossing his legs and sitting back comfortably. You seem to be coming to your senses again, and that is all to the good. You've been much too careless so far. Very well. I will tell you what I know and leave the reward to you. You may be glad to grant it when you have heard me. Go on then, said Frodo. What do you know? Too much. Too many dark things, said Strider grimly. But as for your business... He got up and went to the door, opened it quickly, and looked out. Then he shut it quietly and sat down again. I have quick ears, he went on, lowering his voice. And though I cannot disappear, I have hunted many wild and wary things, and I can usually avoid being seen if I wish. Now, I was behind the hedge this evening on the road west of Bree, when four hobbits came out of the downlands. I need not repeat all that they said to old Bombadil, or to one another, but one thing interested me. Please remember, said one of them, that the name Baggins must not be mentioned. I am Mr. Underhill if any name must be given. That interested me so much that I followed them here. I slipped over the gate just behind them. Maybe Mr. Baggins has an honest reason for leaving his name behind. But if so, I should advise him and his friends to be more careful. I don't see what interest my name has for anyone in Bree, said Frodo angrily, and I have still to learn why it interests you. Mr. Strider may have an honest reason for spying and eavesdropping, but if so, 
I should advise him to explain it. Well answered, said Strider, laughing. But the explanation is simple. I was looking for a hobbit called Frodo Baggins. I wanted to find him quickly. I had learned that he was carrying out of the Shire, well, a secret that concerned me and my friends. Now, don't mistake me, he cried as Frodo rose from his seat and Sam jumped up with a scowl. And she'll take more care of the secret than you do, and care is needed. He leaned forward and looked at them. Watch every shadow, he said in a low voice. Black horsemen have passed through Bree. On Monday, one came down the Greenway, they say, and another appeared later, coming up the Greenway from the south. There was a silence. At last, Frodo spoke to Pippin and Sam. I ought to have guessed it from the way the gatekeeper greeted us, he said, and the landlord seems to have heard something. Why did he press us to join the company? And why on earth did we behave so foolishly? We ought to have stayed quiet in here. It would have been better, said Strider. I would have stopped your going into the common room if I could, but the innkeeper would not let me in to see you or take a message. Do you think he began Frodo? No, I don't think any harm of old Butterbur, only he does not altogether like mysterious vagabonds of my sort. Frodo gave him a puzzled look. Well, I have rather a rascally look, have I not? said Strider with a curl of his lip and a queer gleam in his eye. But I hope we shall get to know one another better. When we do, I hope you will explain what happened at the end of your song for that little prank. It was sheer accident, interrupted Frodo. I wonder, said Strider. Accident, then. That accident has made your position dangerous. Hardly more than it already was said Frodo. I knew these horsemen were pursuing me, but now at any rate they seem to have missed me and to have gone away. You must not count on that, said Strider sharply. They will return, and more are coming. There are others. I know their number. I know these riders, he paused, and his eyes were cold and hard. There are some folk in Bree who are not to be trusted. He went on. Bill Fernie, for instance. He has an evil name in the Breland. The queer folk call it his house. You must have noticed him among the company. A swarthy, sneering fellow. He was very close with one of the southern strangers, and they slipped out together just after your accident. Not all of those southerners mean well, and as for Fernie, he would sell anything to anybody or make mischief for amusement. What will Fernie sell, and what has my accident got to do with him?" said Frodo, still determined not to understand Strider's hint. News of you, of course, answered Strider. An account of your presence would be very interesting to certain people. After that they would hardly need to be told your real name. It seems to me only too likely that they will hear of it before this night is over. Is that enough? You can do as you like about my reward. Take me as your guide or not. But I may say that I know all the lands between the Shire and the Misty Mountains, for I have wandered over them for many years. I am older than I look, 
I might prove useful. You will have to leave the open road after tonight. The horsemen will watch at night and day. You may escape from Bree and be allowed to go forward while the sun is up, but you won't go far. They will come on you in the wild, in some dark place where there is no help. Do you wish them to find you? They are terrible. The hobbit looked at him and saw with surprise that his face was drawn as if in pain and his hands clenched the arms of his chair. The room was very quiet and still and the light seemed to have grown dim. For a while, he sat with unseeing eyes as if walking in distant memory or listening to sounds in the night far away. There, he cried after a moment, drawing his hand across his brow. Perhaps I know more about these pursuers than you do. You fear them, but you do not fear them enough yet. Tomorrow, you will have to escape if you can. Strider can take you by paths that are seldom trodden. Will you have him? There was a heavy silence. Frodo made no answer. His mind was confused with doubt and fear. Sam frowned and looked at his master, and at last he broke off. With your leave, Mr. Frodo, I'd say no. This Strider here, he warns and he says, take care. And I say yes to that, and let's begin with him. He comes out of the wind, and I never heard no good of such folk. He knows something, that's plain. And more than I like, but it's no reason why we should let him go leading us out into some dark place far from help, as he puts it. Pippin fidgeted and looked uncomfortable. Strider did not reply to Sam, but turned his keen eyes on Frodo. Frodo caught his glance and looked away. No, he said slowly. I don't agree. I think, I think you are not really as you choose to look. You began to talk to me like the Bree folk, but your voice has changed. Still, Sam sees right in this. I don't see why you should warn us to take care and yet ask us to take you on trust. Why the disguise? Who are you? What do you really know about, about my business? And how do you know it? The lesson in caution has been well learned, said Strider with a grim smile. But caution is one thing, and wavering is another. You will never get to Rivendell now on your own, and to trust me is your only chance. You must make up your mind. I will answer some of your questions, if that will help you to do so. But why should you believe my story if you do not trust me already? Still, here it is. At that moment, there came a knock at the door. Mr. Butterbur had arrived with candles, and behind him was Nob with cans of hot water. Strider withdrew into a dark corner. I've come to bid you good night, said the landlord, putting the candles on the table. No, take the water to the rooms. He came in and shut the door. It's like this, he began, hesitating and looking troubled. If I've done any harm, I'm sorry indeed. But one thing drives out another, as you'll admit. I'm a busy man. But first one thing and then another this week have jogged my memory, as the saying goes. And not too late, I hope. You see, I was asked to look for out for hobbits of the Shire, and for one by the name of Baggins in particular. 
And what has that got to do with me? asked Frodo. Oh, you know best, said the landlord knowingly. I won't give you away, but I was told that this Baggins would be going by the name of Underhill. And I was given a description that fits you well enough, if I may say so. Indeed. Let's have it then, said Frodo, unwisely interrupting. A stout little fellow with red cheeks, said Mr. Butterbur solemnly. Pippin chuckled, but Sam looked indignant. That won't help you much. It goes for most hobbits, Barley, he says to me, continued Mr. Butterbur with a glance at Pippin. But this one is taller than some and fairer than most, and he has a cleft in his chin. Perky chap with bright eye. Begging your pardon, but he said it, not me. He said it? And who is he? asked Frodo eagerly. Oh, that was Gandalf, if you know who I mean. A wizard, they say he is. But he's a good friend of mine, whether or no. But now, I don't know what he'll have to say to me if I see him again. Turn all my ale sour or me into a block of wood. I shouldn't wonder. He's a bit hasty. Still, what's done can't be undone. Well... What have you done? said Frodo, getting impatient with the slow unraveling of Butterbur's thoughts. Where was I? said the landlord, pausing and snapping his fingers. Oh, yes, old Gandalf. Three months back he walked right into my room without a knock. Barley, he says, I'm off in the morning. Will you do something for me? You've only to name it, I said. I'm in a hurry, said he. And I've no time myself, but I want a message took to the Shire. Have you anyone you can send and trust to go? I can find someone, I said. Tomorrow, maybe, or the day after. Make it tomorrow, he says. And then he gave me a letter. It's addressed plain enough, said Mr. Butterbur, producing a letter from his pocket and reading out the address slowly and proudly. He valued his reputation as a lettered man. Mr. Frodo Baggins, Bag End, Hobbiton in the Shire. A letter for me from Gandalf, cried Frodo. Oh, said Mr. Butterbur, then your right name is Bargains. It is, said Frodo, and you had better give me that letter at once and explain why you never sent it. That's what you came to tell me, I suppose, though you've taken a long time to come to the point. Poor Mr. Butterbur looked troubled. You're right, master, he said. And I beg your pardon, and I'm mortal afraid of what Gandalf will say if harm comes of it. But I didn't keep it back a purpose. I put it by safe. Then I couldn't find nobody willing to go to the Shire next day, nor the day after, and none of my own folk were to spare. And then one thing after another drove it out of my mind. I'm a busy man. I'll do what I can to set matters right, and if there's any help I can give, if only to name it. Leaving the letter aside, I promised Gandalf no less. Barley, he says to me, this friend of mine from the Shire, he may be coming out this way before long, him and another. He'll be calling himself Underhill, mind that, but you need ask no questions. And if I'm not with him, he may be in trouble. He may need help. Do whatever you can for him, and I'll be grateful, he says. And here you are, trouble is not far off, seemingly. What do you mean? asked Frodo. 
These black men, said the landlord, lowering his voice, they're looking for bargains. And if they mean well, then I'm a hobbit. It was on Monday, and all the dogs were yammering and the geese screaming. Uncanny, I called it. Nub, he came and told me that two black men were at the door asking for a hobbit called Baggins. Nub's hair was all stood on end. I bid the black fellows be off and slam the door on them. They've been asking the same question all the way to Archit, I hear. And that ranger, Strider, he's been asking questions too. Tried to get in here to see you before you had bite or sup, he did. He did, said Strider suddenly, coming forward into the light. And much trouble would have been saved if you had let him in, Barlamin. The landlord jumped with surprise. You! You're always popping up. What do you want now? He's here with my leave, said Frodo. He came to offer me his help. Well, you know your own business, maybe, said Mr. Butterbur, looking suspiciously at Strider. But if I was in your plight, I wouldn't take up with a ranger. Then who would you take up with? asked Strider. A fat innkeeper who only remembers his own name because people shout at him all day. They cannot stay in the pony forever and they cannot go home. They have a long road before them. Will you go with them and keep the black men off? Leave. Leave Bree. I wouldn't do that for any money, said Mr. Butterbur, looking really scared. But why can't you stay here quiet for a bit, Mr. Underhill? What are these queer goings on? What are these black men after? And where do they come from? I'd like to know. I'm sorry I can't explain it all, answered Frodo. I am tired and very worried, and it's a long tale. But if you mean to help me, I ought to warn you that you will be in danger as long as I am in your inn. These black riders, I'm not sure, but I think, I fear they come from... They come from Mordor, said Strider in a low voice. From Mordor, Barlamin, if that means anything to you. Save us, cried Butterbur, turning pale. The name evidently was known to him. That is the worst news that has come to Bree in my time. It is, said Frodo. Are you still willing to help me? I am, said Mr. Butterbur more than ever, though I don't know what the likes of me can do against, against, he faltered. Against the shadow in the east, said Strider quietly. Not much, Barlamin, but every little helps. You can let Mr. Underhill stay here tonight as Mr. Underhill, and you can forget the name of Baggins till he is far away. I'll do that, said Butterbur. They'll find out he's here without help from me, I'm afraid. It's a pity Mr. Baggins drew attention to himself this evening, to say no more. The story of that Mr. Bilbo who's going off has been heard before tonight in Bree. Even our knob has been doing some guessing in his slow pate. And there are others in Bree quicker in the uptake than he is. Well, we can only hope the riders won't come back yet, said Frodo. I hope not indeed, said Butterbur. But spooks or no spooks, they won't get in the pony so easy. Don't you wonder till the morning. 
noble saying no word. No black men shall pass my doors while I can stand on my legs. Me and my folk will keep watch tonight, but you would best get some sleep if you can. In any case, we must be called at dawn, said Frodo. We must get off as early as possible. Breakfast at 6.30, please. Right. I'll see to the orders, said the landlord. Good night, Mr. Baggins. Underhill, I should say. Good night, now. Bless me. Where's your Mr. Brandybuck? I don't know, said Frodo with sudden anxiety. They had forgotten all about Mary, and it was getting late. I'm afraid he is out. He said something about going for a breath of air. Well, you do want looking after, no mistake. Your party might be on a holiday, said Butterbur. I must go and bar the doors quick, but I'll see your friend is let in when he comes. I'd better send Nob to look for him. Good night to you all. At last, Mr. Butterbur went out with another doubtful look at Strider and a shake of his head. His footsteps retreated down the passage.